Hello and welcome to Age of Reason. Today is Sunday, March 12th, 2017. I'm alone in the studio today. Jeremy couldn't make it, unfortunately. But I'm joined uh, via Skype by Angel from Seattle. Hi, Angel. Hello. How's it going? Uh, well, I'm a day ahead of you and I can tell in the future. No, I'm behind you, aren't I? You are. All right. So you're in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can definitely tell it's bleak from both sides. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you were in Japan um, during the last show uh, we did together. Yeah. Uh, you moved back to the States after that. Um, of course, a lot of things happened since then. And of course, Trump got, got elected and actually officially became president. So did you see any kind of crazy things going on? So in Seattle, Definitely. I mean, Seattle, of course, has this very unique culture. I think a lot of people already know that people are very liberal in the city, but actually out in the country, they're very, uh, they're more on the Republican side of thinking. And so it's actually not that uncommon to see a lot of, you know, people who are like, hey, we're, we're glad that Trump got elected. And But of course, they don't come into the city, I think, very often. Uh, but the only thing that really happened, of course, is the day that January 20th came along, they protested. Um, there was a protest on November 9th that I was actually part of. I mean, so many people, too, came together that day in the city uh, just the day after he got elected, like, just like that. It was so quick. I, and I've come to discover that Seattle's very good at doing that. I hope other cities follow. I think we need much more of that in, in the States. I think people were asleep for too long and... That was kind of a wake-up call. Uh, so today on the menu, we're going to talk about a poll I did on my page about eternal life. We're going to continue Leviticus, uh, probably finish Leviticus. And then we're going to talk about a really, really crazy email I got, uh, which is very relevant to, to today's times. I had a poll on my page, and the question was basically, do you want eternal life? About 40% of you said yes. I just very quickly want to ask you angel um what do you think about that uh, if somebody offers you eternal life uh, perhaps let's set it up even better uh, let's say everybody gets eternal life including you uh, would that be something that you would like or not really well i think i mean it's so not natural it's almost hard to conceive but i think if there were certain circumstances I'm not sure I really like the idea of everyone having eternal life. I would only be interested in it if I could end it at any time I wanted to, like if I felt satisfied with where I was, say, like 500 years in the future. Um, and then I was like, well, okay, I've, I've seen enough, and now I'm just going to call it my time. Um, but also, I think the only reason I would really say yes to is because, for me, the only reason of really continuing life is to discover more. And although we can never know it all, I think what drives me, like why I would want to stay alive rather than try to meet an end in like 80 years, that I want to know what are the scientific discoveries that, are, that can still occur, that are going to occur. What's the technology that we're going to create? You know, are we really going to end Earth? Can we really populate Mars? And it's like we live on sh such a short time scale that unfortunately a lot of these dreams won't be realized by the time I'm gone I think but you never know so but that's why I would say yes but only again if I could end it anytime I want 
Okay, all right. I just want to very quickly go through the uh, no options that I put on the poll. Um, I put no one life is long enough. That seems pretty logical. I think for most people, one one life is long enough. Uh, there was no, it would cause overpopulation. Well, you know, if everybody gets eternal life, then you, you really have to watch out for, for more population because <laughs> it's just very easy to overpopulate. I put no life is overrated. So this one I have to explain the most, I guess. Uh, so the reason why I put this choice is because actually, if you look at most people in the world, I, I feel that they are very busy just killing time it seems that we have too much time so we try to, to do some stupid games on the cell phone or whatever but but we're trying to kill time uh, there are people who go to shopping malls every weekend and they spend the whole day there really doing nothing well do you think it's because we have so much time or because we're so intelligent that we need something to do with our brains all the time probably a mixture of both I've always thought it was a mixture of both and one of the actually one of the things too that since you brought up population, um, like I've already decided in my life I'm I'm not going to contribute to world population because there's there's no need to and there's really no desire on my end to do so. Right. Um, so I think that there would need to be a stipulation that, you know, somehow hey we created this magical serum and now you can live forever. Well, you need to sign something saying that you're not going to contribute to the world population anymore because, you know, you're you're already taking up a spot that you're not supposed to be taking up now. And of course, the last option I put uh, was, uh, no, it would take the urgency to do something in a limited time away. Um, you know, obviously, we live here for a limited time. We know that. Uh, so we have an urgency to do things uh, like right now. If we live forever, there's why wake up in the morning? I mean, it's it's you can do it tomorrow. You can always do something tomorrow. Well, anyway, that was just a fun poll. I'll do others in the future, of course. Um, so, okay, why don't we jump into the Leviticus? There's a small section in here that is actually, I think, a really well-known verse. Because a lot of people, you know, I mean, if I feel like if I know it and I don't read the Bible, then I'm, <laughs> it must be popular. So it says, I will turn to you and make you fruitful and multiply you and will conform my covenant with you. Sorry, yeah. confirm covenant with you. I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, the world's population actually not not only doubled but but over, more than tripled actually uh, in, in the last century. So I read somewhere before that uh, we basically use more resources every year that we are able to produce already. So very clearly we are overpopulated already. So I, I fear very much when I hear some scientists talk about mid-century and he's saying, oh, we're going to have 10 billion people. O okay, well, how are you going to feed them when we already use most of the farmland available for food? So there's so many worries. On the food argument, I know that a lot of people say the problem isn't that we don't have the ability to grow the food. It's that it's not being distributed correctly because there's so much food that gets thrown out or, for example, um, there's a lot of food that, if, if it doesn't look a certain way, like if there's a lot of produce that doesn't look a certain way, it doesn't end up in the market and they just end up throwing it out and they throw it to a dumpster even though it's perfectly good food Yeah. and there's no reason to do so. However, on the other side of that argument, you know, let's, you know, people will kind of be 
arrogant and they'll say, oh, kids are starving in Africa. Okay, well, are you going to ship all that food to Africa then? Or Because by the time it gets there, it's going to be bad, most likely, unless you fly it over. And who wants to spend the money to do that? Mm. You know that they're just going to complain that, oh, I'm not using my tax money to take care of others. We have to take care of Americans. But heaven forbid you give food to homeless people here because not only is it punishable in some states to do so for some barbaric reason, yeah. but other people will say, oh, they're just now you're just giving out handouts. So you should just give out handouts to everybody, and then that's going to be their logic. You know, they don't even want to take care of the population that we have already. Yeah, yeah. But they want to make it bigger. Right. So people say, oh, well, humans only live in so much percent of the world. Well, yes, it's because we can't populate all of it. There are a lot of right. areas that you can't you can't live in. You can't set up cities there. You can't um, have water in a place that doesn't have water unless you spend a shit ton of money to reroute natural rivers and that comes with a lot of its own problems. Oh yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, we we actually saw that very recently in the states where some people just experienced drought. Um, and California actually ran out of water. I think. Well, not really ran out, but almost ran out of water. So that was that was crazy. I worked in in the states for a brief time at a supermarket, and you're absolutely correct. Um, th this piece of cheese or this piece of ham, which is absolutely okay. Oh, it, it it looks a bit wrinkled. So let let's throw it away, and and so this whole bin, this huge huge bin, it, it's just full of of deli products, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's a waste. And and uh, even adding to that, you got shows on TV like Hell's Kitchen. I I like Gordon Ramsay. I think he's a great motivator, but man, they waste so much food on that show. So if someone doesn't cook, I've never seen it. So if someone doesn't cook it correctly, they, they just, just toss it in they the just, trash? They just toss it, yeah. Oh, goodness. And sometimes yeah. it's like the, this whole tray, right, of like 15 or 20 pieces of steak and all, all of that is bad. So they, it just goes into the tray. I, I just can't believe it when I see it. I actually stopped watching the show because of that, because it's just sick. See, I, I feel like whoever wrote the Bible... If they saw that happen today, I swear even they would look at us in absolute horror. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing out food? <laughs> right, right. Like, you could, feed, you could feed people with that and you just, you won't. Punishment for disobedience. So basically, if you don't listen to God, then he will do a lot of bad stuff to you. So first, he will visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever that consume the eyes and make the heartache, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. We talked about this on a previous show. Uh, sowing your seed, there are two ways to, to understand this. Of course, the, the first way is uh, the agricultural way, but, but the second way is to reproduce, sow your seed, right? Uh, yeah, it sounds a little bit rapey when you say yeah. your enemies <laughs> Right. Kind of a scary image. And then your enemies shall eat it? Wow, that's that's kind of gross. And I always wonder why people pick up on, well, why do we even have enemies in the first place? You know, why? I feel like God is the one who's pitting people against people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly. And then saying, well, I'm going to pit these people, you know, I'm going to give the advantage to these people that I don't even like because you're disobeying me. And it goes on, so if in spite of this you will not listen to me, then I will discipline you again sevenfold for your sins. Uh, I wonder why the number seven is important in Christianity. I should probably look it up sometime, because it, it keeps coming up quite often, this number seven. 
I mean, if people know, let me know in the comments. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield its increase, and the trees of the land shall not yield their fruit. I will let loose the wild beasts against, against you, which shall bereave you of your children and destroy your livestock, and make you few in number, so that your roads shall be deserted. If you gather within your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. And if you still continue disobeying him, he has a final punishment. You shall eat the flesh of your sons, and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters, and I will destroy your high places and cut down your incest altars, cast your dead bodies upon the dead bodies of your idols, and my soul will abhor you, and I will lay your cities to waste. I always wondered if these people stopped to thought, you know, well, why would God even do this in the first place? Like, why is he so obsessed? with obedience that he will absolutely destroy your life if you don't obey him i mean that sounds like an abuser if you're a god it's it's basically like you're comparing yourself to let's say an ant for example you you don't stop on the street to 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 look well you might look at the ant but you don't definitely don't talk to the ant and and most people actually don't even look at ants anyway and basically that's that's what God is, this supreme being. Why would he care about such pathetic issues? Why would he care about people following him or obeying him, disobeying him? Uh, yeah, that, that I never understood in the Bible. That, that is a mystery. Which is actually a sign that this is not written or the word of God. This is very much the word of man that tried to, to, to pit people against other groups of people. And we see it even today, of course. People still continue to divide us into, into groups, into enemies. Oh, like Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. So, and I myself will devastate the land. And he, he actually, so the devastating the land is mentioned twice in this. Yeah. Even the first part and then the last part. Yeah. And it's curious, too, that every time there's like an earthquake or a hurricane that hits America, they're like, oh, that's because of all the liberals and the homosexuality and the blah, blah, blah. And I feel like if this is where they're getting it from, I mean, most of these, you know, a lot of hurricanes hit the Bible Belt area. Right. Which is their area. Yeah. <laughs> but it never occurs to them, you know, they'll always blame it on their neighbors. And it seems to me that the Bible even pits you, it, it seems over and over to pit you against your neighbors. Well, I, this is the last part of Leviticus, actually, and uh, just in conclusion, Leviticus is really the the book of law. Don't eat pork, but if you disobey me, I'm going to make you eat your own children. Right. But somehow atheists are the baby eaters. I, I don't get that. I think you mentioned, like, the natural disasters and, you know, when they hit uh, the Bible Belt, for example. This is actually quite interesting because... So imagine you have this tornado, right, passing by. It wipes out, let's say, you, let's say you have 20 houses and it wipes out 19 houses. One house is left untouched. And this one house that was untouched, that person there will say, oh my God, God is great. Look, my house is still standing, right? But fuck the other 19 that got destroyed. And this is actually, this is actually my point here, that Christianity makes you really selfish it's really about about you it's not about the others if you are getting money and you you have a roof off, over your head then god is great the other people they don't care about the other people come on 
I feel like this explains a lot of the American attitude, or at least a lot of the American Christian attitude, and why over and over, you know, when America first started, these these people, these Europeans who came over, could justify everything that they were doing, because the Bible let them do it. Well, especially in the in the states, obviously, were affected mostly by it. Yeah, and yeah. Here, is, I mean, this is what I hear sometimes from people on on my page, or some people who comment on the show. Sometimes they say, "Oh, why do do you always talk about Christianity? Why do you talk about Islam?" Well, be, because seventy percent of Americans identify as Christians, and this is perhaps the reason why I talk about Christianity. Hello. It's the one that's invading our government. It's the one yeah. that, you know, now we have this lady, Betsy DeVos, who is is so religious and she wants this religious teaching in public schools. She doesn't even like public schools, but here she is, you know, in charge of them. Yeah. And this is exactly why you have people like us, you know, well, you have you have atheists or you have other activists who are fighting against Christianity, who are, are speaking out against it. Or, you know, certain satanic groups who are just like, look, uh, you you have to keep a wall between the church and the state. You can't put them together, no matter your version of history, which is wrong, because none of the founding fathers wanted it mixed. I honestly think that the the bulk of the, let's say, white population of America is, is really busy rewriting history. And they're very busy at whitewashing history, especially. Well, obviously, the Republican, the, the right. Yeah, whitewashing in the sense that they're, I think people too often separate um, racism and religion in a way that when it comes to history, it's actually very intertwined. Um, not only because Europeans use Christianity to come to America and, and take over everything and then later they use it to justify slavery but now they're doing it now they're using their religion to say you know look um, we have the right way to do things and this is how we're gonna set it up well what's curious is that they'll do anything right to get in that position of power like I firmly believe for example I really believe that Donald Trump is not actually religious. I really don't think he's Christian. But none of his cabinet, who are Christian, like Paul Ryan or, and Betsy DeVos, you know, they, they subscribe so strongly to Christian beliefs that they don't care that he's talking out of, you know, his ass, basically. <laughs> um, I, it's not possible that, I'm sorry, Donald Trump does not read the Bible. I highly doubt it. Why? Because his own staff has said he doesn't read books. Yeah. He just watches TV and he watches his own version of the news. Right. So all these cabinet members who are genuine Christians are going to let that gloss over because they're only concerned with power. Because the mo because what they really want to do, it, it seems to me, is that they're so obsessed with rushing and bringing on the apocalypse because they know that's supposed to be the end and that's that's when they're supposed to get their just reward. Um, that they honestly just, the country can basically go to all hell. I mean, they want it to. That's the point. And that's exactly why they want to take over our government. Right. And it, you know, I, I understand that that sounds like a little conspiracy level talk, but there's so much evidence for it. And they're not being quiet. They're not even being quiet about it anymore. They all, they all say, look... Um, you know, if you're not Christian, you're not getting in this government. And they, I mean, they've all but said that very sentence. Why don't we jump into the email? This all began 
quite innocently. I was, I just posted on classifieds. I was looking for interesting people to talk to in Japan. I'm a little bit bored sometimes, so why not have some company? And so this one woman sent me this email and she said, oh, okay, sure. So I'm interested in intellectual conversations. I'm especially curious about the alt-right, things like that. So my, my first question to her was, well, are you just curious about the alt-right or are you kind of supporting the alt-right? Because these are two different things. And of course, as it turned out later, she actually supports the alt-right. Uh, Hi JC, I am white, so I absolutely do care whether European countries built by men of European stock remain white or are overrun by Middle Easterners or Sub-Saharan Africans. It actually is incredibly relevant to my future and my children's future. As someone who rails against Christianity, you seem unaware that just like Islam today, Christianity invaded Europe and wiped out the native spirituality while co-opting Yule, turning it into Christmas and other traditional rituals and customs. Immediately, yay racism! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's like so quick about it and not not even shy about her opinion at all, which of course is understandable because she clearly thinks I'm white and I don't want my people to disappear. But I think she's missing the further history that of course people didn't start out white. Yeah. We only became this pale when we got up to areas, when we started living in areas that just didn't have a lot of sunlight. And so our skin needed to uh, become lighter so we could get more of the vitamins that we needed from our natural environment. Well, that was a while ago, but in, in Germany, back in the past, they, they used to have those really great forests, and some, some people lived in those forests. It's a great cover. But because of the lack of sunshine that people got in those areas, uh, their their hair was, was really, really, like, white, which is actually unhealthy. It's an unhealthy white. It was not blonde. It was really, really white because they didn't get enough... Uh, basically vitamins, nutrition fr from the sun. I didn't know that actually, it's very interesting. Okay, you know, I've, I've always thought too that a lot, like a lot of people in, in Russia, they have extremely pale blonde hair. And I've kind of wondered if, if hair color has also had to do anything with skin colors as far as, you know, melanin go, uh, went. Okay, she is from the nas nationalistic point of view. Yeah. Um, But I think too what she doesn't understand is that I mean, why does it matter if, if they remain white or not? If you have a family of European people, let's just say that they go to Northern Africa and they end up mixing, you know, and they and they intermarry with um, some Northern Africans and they end up having darker skin. Well, their descendants are going to have this darker skin, sure, but if those descendants go back to Europe and then they intermix with Europeans again, the children are going to have lighter and lighter skin again. So it's not like... I don't know where this fear comes that we're gonna like disappear. I feel like that's some racist conspiracy that I'm not really sure exists because, but the only other people I've heard talk about it are the KKK. Well, of course, we're very aware of how Islam and Christianity invaded Europe and took over the original spirituality. Uh, but I mean, it, it's kind of funny because I mean, Christianity and, and Islam started out as Middle Eastern religions, but you don't see dark-skinned people walking all over Europe, right. all over England, and like, <laughs> right? Yes, you'll have cultures invade cultures and religions invade religions, but over time, 
skin color is going to just dominate in certain areas based on genetics and how much sunlight you're getting. At least that used to be the case without technology. Now that technology's here, I mean, it's it's all up for, it's like skin roulette. I'm much more into what people know, how much they know, and why they hold certain positions. Uh, the color of the skin is absolutely irrelevant. She says it's completely or she says it's incredibly relevant to my future and my children's future, but she yeah. doesn't explain how or why. Yeah. If she could say, hey, I'm, I'm afraid that my children won't know where they came from, I mean, just write a really, write a book and leave it for them. That's all yeah. you have to do. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Give them yeah. some National Geographic. <laughs> Give them some photos. Yeah, that too. So it says most people of European descent don't even know what they have lost which I kind of just covered, but the same goes for Russia. First Christianity, later the Bolsheviks. This year marks the 100th anniversary. What a struggle and sacrifice Russia has endured over the past century. She mixes, uh, she says, first Christianity, later the Bolsheviks. Well, Bolshevik is just a name that was given to, to communists at the time, but communism is not a religion. It's an economical system that is bound to fail, by the way. There is no way it works. There are good things about communism, of course, but just as, a, as an overall system, it is not realistic. I'm half Russian. So in Russia, there is what we call the Orthodox religion. Uh, majority of people actually subscribe to it. So to say that we are, you know, Russia was atheist, that, that is just a, that is a stretch. That was, that never, never happened. Now, the only thing that I can picture that she's talking about so is is uh, she kind of hints at pre-Christian days by saying first Christianity. Well, as far as I know, Russia was never Christian. It was always Orthodox. And Orthodox actually uh, copies a lot or borrows a lot from Christianity. To be honest with you, I'm not like really, really familiar with it. But, but I know that it, it's a kind of different, different branch. So uh, pure Christianity never really spread in, in, into the Soviet Union or Russia. Mm -hmm. Now, and she goes later, the Bolsheviks. So were they not? Christian or they were just a different yeah. type of Christianity. Yeah, the, the Bolsheviks uh, mostly were were atheists, right? I mean, that's why people say Stalin was was an atheist and and that's why later actually people follow that and they say, "Oh, look at how many people he killed because of atheism." Well, that that's actually it. That's not true at all. It, he didn't kill people because of his lack of belief in sky daddy. I think, I don't know why people have this assumption that there's some kind of ideology that goes along with being an atheist, but there's not. It's just you don't believe in God. And But the right. only connection I think that they're making is, oh, well, if you don't believe in God, you must not have any morals. And so you right. seem to hate people. Right. But I'm like, well, that's not the case because most people who kill other people are, they claim to be religious, yeah. not atheist. Big crimes or big... Uh, murder sprees that happen and people will quote God or, right. or they'll talk about God and somehow though that just goes over their heads. Yeah. Western culture is under attack and most people aren't even aware of it and even if they are, they are like you. They don't care. Wow. I wonder what your ancestors who built, fought for and died over the societies your descendants lived and thrived in would say about such a cavalier attitude. Hmm. I don't even know my ancestors. I, I, I don't know anything 
uh, beyond my grandparents. I know some people really know their family lines and they look it up, but um, I, I don't have access to this information, so I don't know. Uh, but usually what happens is that if you go look at people back then, uh, people had a completely different mindset. Maybe some things were normal or acceptable back then, which are com completely immoral and unacceptable today. So I don't know what they would say, but I, I feel that we'd have an interesting argument. So I have a feeling just from her first words that Western culture is under attack, that she probably watches like Braveheart News or something right. or Fox News or, you know, these, these uh, organizations that thrive on fear mongering. Right. right. Like, oh, you're being attacked. You're being attacked. You're being attacked. And it's, it's always like the same message, whether it's culture related or religion related or racial. She says, you know, they're like, you, you care. It's not that people like us don't care. It's just we acknowledge that the world is sort of a big melting pot and we're all people in the end. And so we're in a world where everybody's just moving around. I, I don't see where she can say Western culture is under attack. We're all adapting and adopting different perspectives and different pieces of cultures and I mean Japan is a perfect example of a culture that keeps taking in all these ideas and all these new technologies and items and, and just everything and they they make it new and they help you know they make their country grow from that so what would our descendants say who knows like it's we can't even begin to comprehend their their mentality but she uh, clearly thinks that we can and that her ancestors would agree with her and hey, you know maybe they would but it's it's useless to even bother amusing about it she goes i am heterosexual and while i have no interest in homosexual perversions i do not think that it is that is the way of life it is a genetic dead end that only can lead to the death of a genetic line though there is no procreation in homosexual relationships and no, I do not think it is healthy or normal for a child to be raised by gay parents. Okay, so there's a lot so in that. <laughs> for somebody who uh, may not be Christian, she certainly holds these uh, Christian mentality about it. I mean, sure, it's a genetic dead end, perhaps, but that doesn't mean that it's it's perversive. Right. I mean, right. nature doesn't really have a concept of perversion. Right. It's just nature. It is what it is. Yeah, I read that basically roughly uh, in the world and may maybe the same statistic among animals. Uh, well, we we're animals too, of course. But uh, I think the statistic is basically 10% of the, of the population is actually uh, homosexual. So th there is a reason for that. You know, it's kind of a nature's safeguard against overpopulation, for example. Uh, but but these people exist, and of course it's it's natural. It's not something like Mike Mike Pence. Uh, he says, "Oh, you can pray the gay away." No, no, you can't. It's it's not a disease. It's it's just what you are, who you are, and that's it. It's nature. This kind of arguing, um, you know, that that Christians they say that uh, it's a perversion, and you know, you can just make it go away. It just really goes to show their lack of empathy that they have yeah, for yeah. other people because I mean they have to know but they won't acknowledge the immense suffering that that people go through um, you know imagine being gay and then growing up in a conservative Christian household 
and and the pain and the fear that that person must feel when they realize that yes they're different yes they're a certain way and it's like oh my gosh and they grew up with the christian mentality that it's not a good thing and so they're not just going to be like oh i'm i'm just going to keep being gay it's more like they go no I, I i i need to pray and i need to follow god and i need to do this and that that's the first thing that they're going to do and then when they realize that it's not working that's when most of them try to drift away from that they try to get away from that dangerous situation that they're in because their parents are so ignorant and they lack so much empathy and they you know they're so fearful of the christian god that they will turn on their own children this news story just came out a couple days ago that this father raped his daughter when she confessed that she was homosexual mm-hmm. and he just couldn't take that and so he raped her mm-hmm. like that is the most horrible thing I, I it's just and then what happened uh, there was another case and I don't remember where this happened but where you know a person who was transsexual got dragged out of their house being put in a weir- wheelbarrow brought around behind in a back alley and shot mm-hmm. and, uh, the only these kind of these kind of perversions where you're going to murder people and you're going to rape people and you're going to hurt them just because they don't follow your way that comes from christianity one more point uh, to the above paragraph uh, just she finishes off by saying that it's not healthy or normal for a child to be raised by gay parents actually there's a lot of signs evidence or research that has been done that that proves the exact opposite of what she's saying that those kids turn out absolutely okay that those parents are very loving and affectionate people uh, and and uh, again for for people like her she thinks that homosexuality is a disease so if you're a kid of homosexual parents you will become in, infected i guess so you will become homosexual homosexual it doesn't work like that at all uh, those kids grow up to, to, to get married with the opposite sex, just fine. Uh, the, those are, again, uh, empty claims. Yeah, empty claims, uh, just assertions with zero evidence. It is amazing that in this day of, of computers and the internet where you can access almost any information that you want, uh, you know, not only actually are research papers published online now, uh, you know, some you have to pay for, but there are a surprising amount that you can just read for free. Um, and of course, a lot of authors themselves will put their own papers on their own websites, and so you can just go and read this research. And then you can read about the people who actually conducted this research. You can read about their credentials, um, and so really understand their own qualifications. But people just don't want to take the time to do it. Um, and so this this person who says, you know, it's not healthy or normal okay, normal is, is an opinion here, but healthy mm-hmm. is uh, something that, is, again, as you just said, it's so easy to just go online and, and see the countless examples. Not only can you read the studies of kids being raised by homosexual parents and they're just fine, you can go out and find those kids who yeah. are now adults. They have their own family. And, you know, not only are they, I mean, they're perfectly happy because their parents most likely did not judge them. I'm not going to say, you know, I mean, gay parents are just like any other parents. You have your good ones, you have your bad ones. But that has nothing to do with their sexuality. Exactly, yep. Degeneracy is a personal choice, but it adversely affects all of society. 
Or haven't you seen a gay pride parade before? I understand that Putin made a law preventing children from being exposed to gay debauchery, and he is trying to prevent pornography from warping the minds of his people. So he can't be all that bad. This is a typical uh, right-wing person. Uh, you know, they are, these are the people right now who are so in awe of Vladimir Putin. And obviously she falls into that category very much. I feel like these people should just, I wish we could just give them one-way tickets to Russia and exactly. be like, go ahead, yeah. just go ahead and live there. I'm sure they'll appreciate your life skills or contributing whatever you can contribute to society over there. Yeah. <laughs> Gay pride parades, though, I mean, it's, so throughout human history, we have had festivals and celebrations uh, that celebrate sexuality and mm -hmm. it celebrates procreation. So, of course, earlier in her letter, she talks about how so many people, you know, they don't know about their pre-Christian cultures. Okay, well, I do. And <laughs> there's a, a popular festival that used to take place and actually still does take place in parts of Europe and in, in England and around Stonehenge. You know, every uh, spring equinox or you know, around March 21st of every year, the first day of spring, people will go and they'll celebrate with a pole that is wrapped around in all these ribbons in a fertility ritual. Mm -hmm. And so having having sexually based festivals has been part of our culture for a very long time. And you can go to other parts of the world and see the same thing, you know, in, in parts of the world that haven't been completely taken over by Christianity or, or Islam. And so gay pride is just a celebration of that natural sexual energy that people have. And so of course it's going to be a very sexual parade. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it's it's I mean that's just it that's it is what it is, but it doesn't mean it's like where's the debauchery? I'm not really sure. And then of course she ties it to pornography, but yeah. who are the main people who watch porn? Right. It's Bible belt. Yeah. Can look up, and I'm not just saying this. You can look up the statistics online. Uh, there, there are companies who keep track of what are the most searched for things in various states on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so this is just um, algorithms. It's computers that do this. It's not biased. And you can see that most porn is is watched in these Christian states. These right. These states that profess to be 99.9% .9 Christian. Right, and it's not just porn, actually. It's gay porn. It seems that that's what they're watching, which is so bizarre to me because it's such a such a cognitive dissonance almost. I mean, if you really hate it and you're it, it's repulsive for you. Um, why do you spend so much time watching it? It's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's it's so funny. Uh, um. Yeah, so, and then, of course, she says, so he can't be all that bad. And I know that this is a logical fallacy where you're just going to ignore all the other stuff he does. Right. And you're going to pick out the one or two things that you think are good about this guy. You know, hmm, that sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure this is how Hitler got to power. Yeah. <laughs> he can't be all that bad. Right. Uh, but you know what? I wouldn't put it past this lady to be a Holocaust denier so my point would be completely lost on her climate change is very close to my heart it's something that i actually understand very well because i studied it and i still continue to study it but 
this is a clear denier here. So she says, yes, climate change is where we disagree. I admit my husband's work is closely connected to this, so I have a bit of an insider's view. Hint, the future is all about the carbon taxes and energy as money. I'm surprised that you trot out the 97% of scientists agree meme because that has been thoroughly disproved. Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 are not aimed at making life better for us. You better read some critical analysis. Are you aware of what is meant by confirmation bias? Uh, <laughs> confirmation bias is all over her letter. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, there are some true parts in what she says. Uh, it is true that we will see carbon taxes. Uh, this is one, one way to push back on the fossil fuel industry. But where we completely disagree is that the 97% of scientists that agree, this is not a meme, okay? This is a research. And actually, the doctor that I interviewed, Dr. John Cook, uh, he did one of those research. So that's what he actually found, 97%. But he was not the first one to do this kind of research. There were other people before him and other people after him. Now, there is one research that found 100% of agreement. It's not a meme, and it's not been disproved. Disproved by who? I'd like to, to see that analysis. Of course, on the internet, you can find evidence to support your conclusions. So if you believe that the climate change is a hoax, of course you can find articles that will support your position. But unfortunately for you, this is not a scientific position. These are usually articles that are paid for by the oil industry and that this is what they sell they they sell doubt and they've been doing that for for decades now very effectively i must say since you also said the 97 percent so she brings up this specific number and i seem to recall um neil degrasse tyson himself actually also used that same number about 97 percent and i've heard it from other pretty well-known uh, you know, they're they're publicly well-known scientists who who are saying these numbers, and these uh, these people, okay, like Bill Nye, and you have Lawrence Krauss, and and that team of people, they're scientists who talk to other scientists all the time. That's their job. It's what they do, and so, and they can read each other's papers and they can understand each other's papers because again, it's it's their job. And so if most of them are agreeing, we should not not take their word for it. Um, I mean, people have brought it before too. Okay, if you have a problem with the plumbing in your house, you're not going to call the plumber over and then argue with him about what the problem is because right. you disagree with how much it's going to cost to fix. Right. Um, and it's basically, I feel like what's going on with with science. Unfortunately, science is not part of our democracy, apparently, or at least science is not a democracy. Um, so even if, if most of the scientists are saying this, people are just going to throw up their hands and be like, oh, well, it's a conspiracy from NASA. Right. Probably. When looking for signs of deception, it is important to remember that arguments from authority carry little weight. In science, there are no authorities. Whenever possible, there must be independent confirmation of the facts. It is important to have substantial substantive debates on the evidence by knowledgeable proponents of all points of view. So when you say this is really not up for debate, it is a huge red flag. If you want to talk, for example, on, on TV about, let's say, space travel, 
uh, and then you invite somebody who thinks the moon landing is a hoax. That's not very appropriate. Or you, you talk about uh, some kind of, I don't know, astronomical distances and you invite somebody who thinks that the Earth is at the center of the universe. It's just inappropriate. And so when, when TV portrays scientific debates as a 50-50, they are already doing a massive disservice to the population. Pretending to be from this woman's point of view, well, why is it inappropriate? It comes down to opinion or evidence. And so basically what you do then is you compare the evidence. So which, which evidence seems the more plausible? Uh, and then you, you have to read some papers. Uh, you have to do some research. Now, a lot of people don't do research for various reasons. They don't. They perhaps don't have time, uh, they don't have any interest, or, or both perhaps. But, but usually that's what you do though. You look at the evidence and whatever seems the most logical, the most plausible, well, you, you tend to stick with that. In that paragraph, she says, whenever possible, there must be independent confirmation of the facts. And I think people tend to forget that people get into science because all they care about is the facts. Yeah. They keep saying, oh, well, if their research is fun funded by such and such, they're going to have, you know, they're not going to be independent. And it's not going to be all about the facts. They're going to shove something in there, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you really want to fight that, if you really think that that's the case, then what's the logical thing to do? It's going to be to tell our government to give money to scientific programs to give us neutral studies. Well, the people, of course, the problem is nobody wants to fund science because they're going to just dismiss anything the scientists say. So it's like no matter what they do, they're always going to have these people who won't listen to them. And she says in science, there are no authorities. Well, the authorities only come from the experiments that are conducted. Uh, that give you certain results, and clearly, she doesn't like the results. Right. She doesn't like what scientists are saying, and so she's not accepting their independent confirmation. You know, ninety-seven percent of the people telling you one thing, and it's their job to research and to get the facts because it is what they care about. Uh, because if they were, if there was this bias in science, the science won't work. Because no matter how much you want something to be true, uh, if it's not true, it's just not. And you, and you have to accept that and move on or you're not going to get anywhere. Scientists, of course, I'm talking about really um, kind of regular scientists, not some guy who works for the Creation Museum or something. Uh, but the regular scientists, they, I mean, their work is to be skeptical. They, they have to be. Skepti skepticism in science is encouraged uh, be, because you don't accept things just on faith. Moreover, once you publish a paper, well, first of all, before the paper is published, it has to be peer-reviewed. And this is where other scientists look at it very meticulously, analyze it, try to maybe recreate the experiment. Oh, it works. So, okay, then we'll give it a passing grade. And then, on top of that, your work as a scientist, you're successful or you're not successful based on how many citations you get from other scientists. Most papers don't even make it past the peer review stage. I mean, most, like, most of the time they're going to be shoved back and said, well, do this again because you, you messed it up. This is clearly, there's something wrong with your paper. Right. right. And that has nothing to do with 
you know, well, in a perfect world, it has nothing to do with favoritism. But most of these, you know, people who pre-review other people's papers, they tend they tend not to know the people yeah. personally. To get rid of that favoritism, this is really not up for debate. Is a huge red flag. Not when the facts have already been established. Exactly. It's it's like with the anti-vaccines, right? You you literally got the the entire scientific community who is almost unanimous that they don't cause autism. You got only one scientist, as far as I know, only one cook who says, "Oh yeah, it causes autism," and sure, he published some paper. Sure. But and it's available, yeah, one paper probably, and it's available on the internet. It's probably never been peer reviewed. He actually lost his license, that guy. Uh, okay, because the information is on the internet, you have access to it, so you could, in theory, believe it, I guess, and that's unfortunately what those people do. But really, you're gonna side with one guy versus I don't know how many thousands of people say the complete opposite. That's kind of bizarre. You said that the guy lost his license, and actually part of the reason he did lose his license is precisely because nobody else could reproduce the results of his supposed experiment, and then he kept doing his practice anyway based on his own knowledge, and so he was hurting people, and they knew this, and that's why they gained his license. Right, right. She goes, and yes, this, that is very much reminiscent of the dogma of religion. It's like the Holocaust. If it is true, why can't we ask questions or investigate the so-called facts or even have a personal opinion that differs from the narrative pushed by the authorities? So, okay, even though I did read this email, I, I did forget, but this reaffirm, uh, reconfirms she is, in fact, a Holocaust denier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> joke! Like, it was a complete joke, and it's like, oh, oh, no, she, she really is one of those people. Okay, well, here's the thing about the Holocaust. You can go look at the evidence. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's all there. You're, you have confirmation bias. Concentration camps exist. Uh, photos exist. Uh, the census number exists that show that so many people, you know, died or were killed in those places. So, um, I actually saw this weird thing. Um, this was on a Russian sh uh, online show recently. Uh, the guy was talking about some, uh, kind of young, um, uh, let's say kind of te late teenage girls and and they had no they never heard of the holocaust for, for them it was a new idea so the program actually bought them tickets to to go to auschwitz i think before they went there they were so happy to to go there because again they don't know what auschwitz is so they thought oh great we're going on holiday to 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 poland i think i think that's where it is and so of course when they got there they they were taken on a tour uh, to, to Auschwitz and they could see all the the, the photos there, the, um, the, the the structures that are still there, of course. And uh, they just broke down into tears because why did nobody tell us about this? Why did nobody at school teach us about this thing that happened? So, and this happens in Russia. Russia suffered a lot from the Nazis, okay? This is not just some kind of faraway country. I mean, any country is going to try to rewrite history to make themselves look like the good guys. I mean, Japan is very guilty of that. America is very guilty of that. Pretty much everybody is. But there are just some things that you can't deny because it's staring you right in the face. And so in that incidence, then you have countries, including Germany itself, who says, well, yeah, this did happen. And yeah. we don't want it to happen again, ever again. And so that they acknowledge it and they, not, they acknowledge that their ancestors made a mistake. 
And it's so horrendous. It's so horrific that they're going to own up to it and say, look, we, we need to move forward and we may, we, but we need to make sure that this never ever happens again. We can't forget it and we can't not teach it. It's important that we acknowledge it so it doesn't happen again. I don't know if you've been to Germany or not. I, I have. And the German people are, are some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet in, in your life. And, I've and, heard that. I and, really want to go. <laughs> and, and, and so when you talk to people over there, they will actually, they, they don't understand themselves how their own country uh, could, could have gone through this entire uh, period of utter madness because that's all it was. Uh, they cannot understand how those people who are kind and compassionate uh, could have committed such such crimes in the past. This they cannot understand at all. As I'm sure you know, the whole reason global warming was rebranded as climate change is because we have been in a cooling period for nearly two decades. The climate changes constantly, and in that sense, climate change is real. Is CO2 bad for the Earth? Obviously not. It is what plants need to grow and live. If warming was so bad, the what e then what exactly is the ideal temperature for the Earth? First of all, um, yes, it is true that some greenhouse gases, uh, some amount of greenhouse gases are good for the planet. In fact, if we had none of them in the atmosphere, the average temperature on Earth would be probably, I think, minus 15 degrees. Uh, you can look it up. This is not just my opinion again. Um, so yes, a certain amount of greenhouse gas to to trap the heat is is very positive indeed but I mean we're seeing CO2 dumped into the atmosphere like it was never dumped before I mean sure you had some events before like big volcanic uh, like super volcano eruptions and and those really shroud the planet in ash for 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 ages actually so but then then you experience cooling because the sun cannot reach reach the surface. So she also falls into a common myth uh, that, that says that we have been in a period of cooling for two decades. Uh, I, I'd like her to show me the evidence of that. When, when the actual science says that every year for the last uh, 15 years, we, we, every year we have a record heat. Consistently, over and over and over, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter each year. But we are also experiencing a lot of patterns of weather that seem a little bit unusual. Right. For example, more uh, more hurricanes than usual, or more powerful ones, or you know, winter. Or, or there are times when people are even surprised with how the winter weather acts. I mean, that it's not following a natural pattern anymore because there is so much that has changed only within the past, let's say, seventy or fifty years, even. Um, that of course now we are recording strange things and I mean people have been recording and trying to keep track of, of the earth's weather and, and temperature and, uh, for a very long time now when they know tornado season falls between this month and this month but suddenly you're getting tornadoes two months earlier than usual that's, that's a cause for alarm you know something is not correct if you keep seeing this pattern uh, you know a, a new pattern emerged that was not there before. CO2 is not bad for the earth because that's what the planet needs. Okay, well, it's too much CO2 in excess on a planet that you don't have the same amount of forest that you have had before farming was invented. 
and just adding to that also uh, the, of course uh, the oceans right they they are actually a major carbon sink so they absorb a lot of carbon which is which is great unfortunately again we're talking about excess carbon so what we're seeing now is that uh, the oceans are starting to lose their oxygen which is really horrible uh, you got coral bleaching. Coral bleaching is not because of the sun's brightness or something like that. This is because also excess of CO2 that, that they can't, the corals cannot handle this amount. One of the things, too, that I, I just thought of since you mentioned about coral, coral bleaching, you know, this is not something that we would find unusual if it happened all the time, which... The sun rises and sets every day from our perspective, so it, that would be a normal thing if really coral was affected that way. Knowing that it's not, um, and you have to look for another reason why the coral is getting so light. Well, she goes, you know, if the, wor the warming is so bad, what is the ideal temperature for the Earth? So the assumption that she makes here is that there is an ideal temperature. Well, there's not. There's supposed to be temperature changes, huge changes, but over a very long period of time. The problem that people like this woman are not understanding is that it's happening too fast and too short of a period of time. The rate is what's unnatural. Not the fact that the temperature or, or that the climate is changing. That is natural, but not at the rate that it's happening. So fast rate of climate change is, is exactly one of the reasons why the dinosaurs died. This event happened so when the asteroid hit. Other events, it set off a chain reaction, and all these volcanoes were going off, and all the stuff that just happened at once. And so, and the rate was so quick that the temperature changed. It just the, the whole climate of the Earth changed over such a short period of time. That's how you you had such a large extinction period. And for the record, there have been either five or six major extinction events throughout earth's history so again there's no ideal temperature it's an assumption on her part that there is right right um, it's just it's natural it's gonna happen but it's it's happening at a rate that we can see species dying uh you know both plants and animals are dying at such a fast rate that we're in the middle of an extinction period now but it's very hard to, to comprehend for a lot of people, especially if you're not going to look at the big picture. Right, right. And if you look at the, at the curve since the year 2000 till today, it's a really steep curve of emissions. So we started to produce a lot of stuff in those last 20 years suddenly. Uh, and I think people also don't realize that. And like you said, it is, a, it is a huge change in such a tiny... I mean, what is 15 years in the history of the Earth? It's it's really nothing. Do you really think Al Gore believes in what he says? Because I look at the way he lives, private jets, motorcades, multiple homes, and I just don't see him living like we are on the precipice of environmental collapse. Here's a research topic for you. How much money has Al Gore made since his inconvenient truth sales pitch began? And you need to look at in uh, how much, how he came into all that uh, dollars. Of course, the obvious point to make is that Al Gore is not a climate scientist. He, he was a, he's a politician. He's a businessman. So, uh, you know, I, I actually did watch his, his movie. 
the only thing I can see why people attack the movie is maybe he got the timeline wrong a little bit. Uh, he said that the warming is going to happen much earlier than 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 reality. But this is because the movie, I think, was made in 2001. Data available back then was just not as good as what we have today. So, yes, he, he was a little bit off, but all you have to do is take what he said and just move it a little bit later into the future because those things will happen. I mean, Florida is getting flooded right now. They are raising the streets in Florida. So this is not some kind of faraway future. Those things are happening right now. And the other thing, of course, that she mentions that Al Gore is, is rich because of climate change. Well, there's again a couple of points here. Al Gore did not start out poor. Uh, he's kind of like Trump. So he started out with a certain amount of money. Uh, he later got into politics. But actually, after he got out of office, uh, he only reportedly had about $2 million as total assets. assets. So this is property and money. So where he got his money from is doing business. He, I, I guess he's a very clever businessman because he made uh, $3.6 billion from the uh, Generation Investment Management, which is a UK-based investment management firm. Uh, he also, I, I didn't even know that, but he also joined uh, the Apple Board of Directors. And he, he made more money there, uh, you know, and he actually got tens of millions in Apple stock. So you wonder where he money, his money comes from. It comes from mostly from investments in stock. Well, I was just going to say, people don't exactly make a lot of money on documentaries. Yeah, I exactly. Can't make, I can't think of a single documentary where someone has become rich off of it. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen. He collects $175,000 per speech. But this is a common thing. Uh, also, it doesn't mention, by the way, which speech. I mean, he could be talking about politics for all we know. So, but th this is also a very common thing. I mean, you don't even have to look very far. Uh, Hillary Clinton was making a lot of money, giving speeches to banks. And, and that's okay for some reason. But Al Gore is this evil creature that we painted. So wh whenever he gives a speech, it's, it's, it's because of profiting? Uh, I, I don't understand the logic here. Ever notice those long white clouds above Yokohama? How about looking into those? Because that's your global warming right there, not CO2 from cow farts and car engines. So, wow. Um, I think she's overestimating clouds in Yokohama, which she yeah. clearly doesn't think that they're actual clouds. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this is uh, chem chemtrails. Yeah. So in her mind, which she, I would like to see what those chemtrails are made up of. There, there are clouds, and then there are trails from airplanes because right. they have engines. And also the other small kind of correction here is that when you talk about cow farts, it's not really CO2, it's methane. So... Uh, obviously, she probably doesn't understand the difference between the two. And of course, both both CO2 and methane are greenhouse gases. Methane is much more potent, but there's there's less of it emitted. So she brings up cow farts and car engines as if these are not big in number. And I think people really don't... They underestimate the impact of small things on an overall environment. Actually, no, you can't say... That, that the stuff from uh, gas, from car engines, doesn't account for anything because it does. It counts for a whole bunch. And 
dismissing that is exactly what's harming us because we're just we're ignoring the evidence and we're making it worse and worse people who push the agw meme are in it for the shekels uh, this is all about command and control same goes for pushing the homosexual agenda all this gender fluidity nonsense and white genocide this is because there is only one group of people on the planet able to stand up and resist the globalist agenda white people which is so funny because mostly white people actually do push the globalist agenda <laughs> yeah, exactly i mean they're, they're kind of the only ones that are now doing right. that she goes this is all about command and control well of course it is and you are being controlled very well dear woman yep uh, those pushing the homosexual agenda okay there's no agenda besides they just they just want to live their life and be left alone and not hurt anybody and not be hurt that's that's right. like the human agenda. She says gender fluidity nonsense. I mean, it's just because you didn't grow up with it or understanding it doesn't mean it's complete nonsense. So, of course, she's she's taking this idea. She's immediately dismissing it, and she doesn't even want to hear the evidence. So she's doing, again, the very thing that she's trying to accuse you of doing. <clears throat> and she goes, white genocide, which there's no genocide. We're not being, I mean, we're not being murdered. Obviously... I, I live in Japan, you live in the States, uh, you, do, I don't know, do you watch much TV there, or? Uh, no, actually I don't, um, but I, I'm on like CNN, MSNBC, and I check AP, I, I check like six different news sites, like almost daily, because I don't want to miss the news, but I, I don't actually watch TV per se. So I, I think, of course, Trump ran on this whole, you know, anti-immigration platform, uh, homophobia platform, all of that. Uh, I honestly actually think he's not making the policies. I think Mike Pence is doing all the policies because every law that uh, Trump tries to pass really smells of Pence. We already saw this coming from a mile away. The moment that Trump mentioned that Mike Pence was going to be his vice president, we already knew that Mike Pence was going to be the one making all the decisions. Because Trump clearly does not know what he's doing. Politics is not his game for obviously very good reasons because um, he, he just has no concept of how government works of how all the agencies work about how we work on the international scale those kind of incidents are on the increase uh, racist incidents uh, some people shouting get out of my country or speak english which is so funny yeah i mean that there is there's a lot of a lot of horrible incidences going on even just all over the states so they really have been on on the rise and it's i don't even think that they're being it's not that it's really being reported more maybe or maybe it is but either way that they're going up and people are becoming more aware i see many videos of uh you know white christians standing literally just outside mosques for example and just spouting their nonsense how islam is immoral but christianity is moral wink wink unfortunately that that's the time we live in um well are you hopeful for for the future i mean what what do you think the outlook uh, looks like i actually think it looks extremely grim because uh, you know human humans like to act on their ego and on their feelings and so and right now we have a man who's full of his own ego pressing the buttons of other world leaders right now the republicans are tearing apart the environment by getting rid of all these regulations that we have uh they and putting in charge so this guy in charge of the environmental protection agency 
at one point said he wanted to get rid of that very agency. So you know that they're not in it to protect our planet. And people totally underestimate the damage that can be done in such a short amount of time. It's clear from the climate change deniers. And so, to be honest, I just don't see us um, rising unless Trump's entire administration somehow gets out of office. Some people who, uh, you know, they kind of judge others for not having kids, and it's like, come on, man, our, our world is like a miserable place. <laughs> Why would you want to bring kids into this? We're not leaving them anything, except more despair, dirtier water, less animals, less plants, uh, less cleanliness. It's just... It, we're on a downward spiral. I hate to be grim, but uh, it's reality. And again, reality in science just doesn't care about your opinion. It's it's fact. Right, exactly. Uh, that's a great note to finish on. So that was our show. Uh, thank you, Angel, for joining us all the way from Seattle. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for watching. And uh, we'll see you next month. <laughs>